Hi, everyone, and welcome to Everyday Colloquies. I am your conversationalist, Chantel. Maya Angelou once said, the idea is to write so that people hear it and it slides through the brain and goes straight to the heart. And if I might add, it also penetrates the soul. Our guest speaker today is Anthony Padilla. Tony is a poet and a storyteller who has been writing for over two decades. He's recently created a website for his work, sircryptic.com, and joined Dark Tree Studios as their lead creative writer. Dark Tree Studios is a collective of creatives focused on using visual mediums to transport viewers to different worlds. Tony, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. So before we get started, can you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? I started writing when I was in fourth grade, when I had a song stuck in my head and I didn't know the words to it. I would replace the words so that it made sense. My, t- my, my English teachers were always very encouraging in terms of silencing that self-doubt and encouraging me to constantly be writing. After I graduated high school, I went to Southern Venice University. I went for two years and then I couldn't afford it anymore. And then I had to move back home. While living home with my mom, I was, I was working at Lowe's for like four years, super depressed. Thought, my, <laughs> thought I was gonna stay there for the rest of my life. Thought I wasn't gonna amount to anything. So that was a real dark part of my life, but it was also really good for my growth as a writer because I write best when I'm feeling extreme emotions, rage, sorrow, things like that. But it's difficult for me to write when I don't feel anything. And those four years, I was feeling stuff. <laughs> so it gave me a lot of practice. But then I decided to, to join the army so that I could pay off my debt and go back to school. I did the four years, did two deployments, one in Iraq and one in Afghanistan. I was able to pay off my debt and now I'm going to school, kind of. <laughs> it's kind of on pause right now because of COVID, but I wanted to get back into writing. Since joining the army, I had been a lot less consistent. And one of my friends, Jason Greenwood, he, he started a collective in Ohio of photographers, directors, and artists, but seeing all the work that he's put in to it and the reaction that he's been receiving for all of it and just seeing him constantly improving, it was very inspirational to me. So he inspired me to start my own website and try to be more consistent. And and also a lot of times when he's doing his, his photography, he'll ask me for feedback because I have a little bit of a background in, in design. And he also saw what I was doing with my writing and trying to get my website off the ground. And he suggested we uh, we join up. And so now I do a lot of the writing for, for his posts. A lot of times we'll do collaborations. So you mentioned earlier that you used to write raps. And as soon as you said that, I was like, I knew it. <laughs> when I read some of your pieces, I can imagine them like as a rap or being rap. So if I dropped a beat right now, could you? No, ma'am. <laughs> I could write to it. But if you asked me to like freestyle off the top, like like Hot 97, no. <laughs> Two big reasons why I love writing is one, because I can take the reader exactly where I want them to go. And then two, one problem that I struggle with just in life is overthinking. And so anytime you hear me pause or anytime there's a comma or an um, 
there's at least five thoughts going through my head at the same time. And I'm trying to hold on to the main thought while navigating the other ones. And when I write, it, it helps me because I feel like there's a perfect word for everything. There's a perfect way to convey things. And so I, I try to find that in my writing. Me and my friends in high school, everybody else used to freestyle and, and, and do rap battles and each other for fun. And my issue was always my overthinking because I would have a line in my head, but I'll be like, yeah, but is that the best line? Like, let me let me try and consider. And it's like, bruh, that's not the place for it. You know, I think too much to freestyle. <laughs> How did you get into content creation and storytelling? I would say probably back back in, in third or fourth grade with, with my, my English teacher. We had a short story, not competition, maybe it was just an assignment. And I, I started, it was called, I think it was Sanka the Monkey from Cyberspace. <laughs> it was just like a composition book just filled with his little adventures and stuff. And she would encourage me to read my stories in front of the class. And I feel really bad because I don't remember what her name was, but she's probably the most impactful person. <laughs> my writing for the life of me i can't remember what her name is she's who probably got me started initially i would say probably facebook and like social media in general have encouraged me to i remember when facebook first started i didn't really know what statuses were about or what to say i realized i wanted to make people think rather than forgetfulness and even now we have a culture of putting it up as soon as you feel it as soon as you think it I'll give a lot of thought and consideration to what I was posting. And I think in a roundabout way, that kind of trained me in terms of content creation. Sometimes I'll, I'll come up with captions or stories to go with Jason's photos. I'll be able to come up with pretty fitting and compelling caption for it. And he's always kind of surprised by that. And I think it's just me coming up through social media has kind of trained me in terms of that. And also I love reading. Is this something you've always envisioned yourself doing? When I was younger, I looked at writing as my gift for sure, but as a useless gift, unfortunately. Not useless in terms of I didn't enjoy writing or I didn't like the effect that it had on other people, but useless in a purely capitalist sense where it was just, oh yeah, I'm gonna grow up, I'm gonna be a writer. Even when I was in college with a declared major, in my head, I was, eh, I'm going to have this so I can have a degree, but I'm going to be a writer. It, I was completely fine with the idea of being the quote unquote starving artist. And it wasn't until I first fell in love when I was like, wait a minute, oh, you need money to survive and stuff, huh? <laughs> I'm cool with being a starving artist, but I also want a family one day. I don't want them starving, you know? It wasn't until... Uh, until much later where I didn't think of it in terms of how profitable or non-profitable it could be to me. Most of my writing was for me as a different way to solve my overthinking, especially when I'm not, I'm at a crossroads in my life and I have two things or two feelings or two choices where it's not like 50-50, like, no, I 100% feel this and I 100% feel this. And I can't organize my thoughts at all. And then when I when I can write about it, write a poem about it, write a story about it, what have you, I, I'm able to focus my thoughts. Where do you get your inspiration from? Do you have a favorite author or someone's work you truly admire? I would say mostly from music. 
but also art, nature, woman, woman, 100% woman. I can get in a mode where it's the words are flowing and I'm not thinking about it and it's right and right and right. But I know how it feels, but I don't know how to put myself there on purpose. I've even had it where I'm thinking to myself and I say two words in the sentence and I just like how the words sound together. And that whole poem or story will stem from just from the fact that I like the way the words sound together. But for the most part, I try to, I'll be listening to music, scrolling through Instagram, looking at art and photography. It's very inspirational to me. I love listening to music. Having access to my music, which is very inspirational to me, has also had a reverse effect of there are long stretches of times where I don't have to just sit with my thoughts. The music helps, but it also hurts in a way as well. So this might sound like a silly question, but I'm always fascinated by how some people can be just so articulate. Your vocabulary is limitless. <laughs> and it's, it's honestly mind blowing to me. You're like a wordsmith. So is there like an art to this? How do you know so many words? Do you have to use a thesaurus? No, sometimes if I doubt myself in terms of what the word means or if it's the right word that I'm looking for, I'll I'll look it up to verify, but it's very rare that I that I'm wrong or that I don't know the word. But I would definitely attribute my vocabulary to well, three things. My mom and her love of reading, which extended to my love of reading and and video games. It's very interesting Spanish and video games made me realize how you can break down words and how even if you don't know what a word means, if you know the prefixes and suffixes, even if you've never seen the word before, you can make an educated guess and figure it out. I genuinely admire and appreciate your work's crude authenticity. I think your work really speaks to the soul for those out there who may be going through this self-actualization process, what advice do you have for them? That's especially tough because that's something that I'm still struggling with now. You'll always have someone that is riding for you. And everyone needs that because you're always going to you're always going to be doubting yourself. It's so much easier to see what can't work than what can. Probably the most important thing for me in terms of eradicating that self-doubt is surrounding myself with other creatives whose opinion I can trust. But if you surround yourself with creatives whose opinion you trust and whose skill you also trust too. There, there was a couple of other people that I, I found that I can trust them because I've, I've seen how they write, I've seen their skill and I've seen what their standard is. And obviously I wanted constructive criticism. We had a, a, a group and we would just write back and forth with each other. Even to this day with Chris, sometimes I'll, I'll just send him a message and start rapping and just like, no, hey, how you doing? What's up? Just rapping. And it's understood because we've all done that so often with each other. He just rhymes off my last line and rapping, just going back and forth and just having having that creative energy to feed off of one another and and sharpen each other and the more you do something the better you get at it and if you're doing something with other people it makes it so much easier you run less of a risk of 
of burning yourself out. I don't know if there was advice in there somewhere, hopefully. Last but certainly not least, the moment that I have been waiting for. <laughs> Please tell us the title of your new piece and you can take it away. This piece is called Our Lady and it's talking about Lady Liberty. Our Lady, forgotten like the shadow of the golden door standing in front of Our Lady Torchbearer. Invisible to the naked eye, we only see Ellis Island and those famous lines, those famous lies. Give me your tired, your poor. It's already laughable. Do I need to say more? Your huddled masses yearning to be free. The audacity of an American dream built on slavery that's devolved into a kind of caste system that's outlasted amendments and presidents, abolitionists and civil rights advocates, dozens, hundreds of million man marches pleading for the fulfillment of this French woman's promises. I'm not sure how much begging is left in this wretched crowd, cursed with the blessed patience of saints. They've been getting gradually louder as their polite requests and petitions and sit-ins go largely ignored. The pincers of this scorpion system continue to kill them, both slowly and quickly, with cancer and hospital bills, with government-funded guns held by black-gloved hands that lack love and understanding, filling cemeteries with bodies while emptying hearts of empathy and replacing it with a fossil-fueled fire that Uncle Sam refuses to let die or even simmer before reigniting it with another free Zimmerman, with another known Klansman being gifted with a position of power. This dream was supposed to be ours, but it's been hoarded by cowards, and sometime soon, doom will come to be. The meek shall conquer the earth, not with patience and hymns, but with slit throats and revolution. Goosebumps every single time. <laughs> but Tony, thank you, thank you, thank you so much for being a part of the show today and sharing a piece of your soul with us. It has been a pleasure. No problem. I'd just like to remind listeners, my website is sircryptic.com. My at on Instagram is at sircryptic. The name of the studios is Dark Tree Studios, at Dark Tree Studios on Instagram. Thank you all for tuning in today to Everyday Colloquies. This is actually kind of a grand finale episode going out with a bang. Oh, I feel so wild. Uh, <laughs> So thank you all so much for your continued support. I will probably do one bonus holiday episode, but this is season one, y'all. Be sure to stay connected on the gram at Everyday Colloquies. I'll be sure to keep you guys updated on scheduling plans. I have some super exciting guest speakers lined up for season two. And until next time, everyday change begins with Everyday Colloquies.